0: If we've not met, my name's Ben. I'm on the staff team here, and a Happy New Year to you. I don't know how long you can keep saying Happy New Year, right? But today's okay, isn't it? Happy New Year. I hope you've had a great, great Christmas. It's only 358 sleeps to go, just saying, you know. So get your Amazon deliveries in early. Anyway, um, a few months ago, I went to Birmingham to meet a guy called Nadim, an amazing guy with an amazing faith who's originally from Pakistan. And he has an amazing passion to tell others about Jesus too. Now, Nadim now lives with his family in Birmingham, and he has a ministry predominantly amongst Muslims in that area. So myself and James, who's part of the church here, we drove over to Birmingham for the day to learn from Nadim. And Nadim led us to this busy street in the heart of this Muslim district in Birmingham. And soon enough, he and James were chatting to two guys, and I was sort of on the side observing. And as they chatted, the conversation they were having with these two Muslim men became sort of quite, quite heated, not exactly shouting, but kind of raised voices. And I was just kind of bystanding, and I was thinking, I wonder if this is just going to kick off. And if I'm honest, I started to feel quite shaken by the whole situation. Everything turned out okay, and we had a great day actually with, with Nadim. But, you know, can anyone relate to that feeling of just being shaken on the inside? And if you looked at me, you might have seen I was probably shaking on the outside as well. I should think all of us can relate to that kind of experience, can't we? And I could share many examples of that kind of thing from my own life. I wonder about you right now, though. Are there things that are causing you to feel shaken at the moment? Perhaps a health concern, perhaps financial difficulties you're facing in this new year, or maybe it's a relationship that's struggling. Or perhaps as you look at our wider culture and the world around us, Because over the last few years, I think there have been a number of things that have caused us to feel shaken, aren't there? You know, COVID, the war in Ukraine, the cost of living crisis, the energy crisis, the recent waves of strike, the death of Her Majesty the Queen. Looking ahead, it it feels quite possible that this year might be a little bit bumpy too. So at the start of 2023, how do we respond to times of shaking? How do we respond to when we're feeling shaken on the inside? And that's what I want to talk to you about today. And to do that, I want to look at a passage in the Bible, in the book of Acts. The book of Acts is really the story of how the church got going immediately after Jesus' death and resurrection. So as the first followers of Jesus, they spread the good news from city to city. Thousands of people came to faith and joined them. But in the midst of that amazing growth, the disciples faced their own times of shaking too. There was political unrest, persecution, hardships, you know, economic uncertainty, great difficulties and more. Acts chapter 4 is just one of those times. Before we read the passage though, to give some context, the disciples Peter and John have just performed the most amazing miracle. A man who's been disabled from birth has been incredibly healed by the power of Jesus working through them. The man starts to jump around. He's just celebrating and going crazy. He's so amazed at what's happened. A crowd gathers to watch. And people begin to turn to Jesus, putting their faith in him. It's like a mini revival. Until suddenly the religious authorities, likely the same that crucified, had Jesus crucified, they turn up. They seize Peter and John, and they throw them into prison. Imagine how they must have felt in that moment. They went from mountaintop experience to chained up in a dark cell, their lives in danger. And in the morning, Peter and John, they do get released. But with a strict warning, don't speak to anyone else about Jesus. So in this time of shaking, what do they do? How do they respond? Well, let's find out by reading from Acts chapter 4. Verse 23 to 31. On their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. When they heard this, they they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. Why did the nations rage and the people's plot in vain? Stretch out your hand to heal and to perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Now, as we look through this passage, I want to just share four things I've noticed that I think we could learn from at the start of this new year. Number one the best thing to do first in times of shaking is to pray. Did you see in verse 24 where it says, when they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Prayer is the disciples' first port of call. It's like their instinctive response, a knee-jerk reaction. It comes before they have any discussion or a strategic plan of meeting. Before anything else, the disciples turn to pray. Imagine if you'd been in their shoes I wonder how you would have reacted out on the streets in Birmingham with Nadim and James. My initial reaction was more to turn to look for a quick escape rather than to turn to prayer. So why did the disciples respond like this? Well, our son, me and Lizzie's son Samuel, he has a, a few favourite TV programmes that are part of his chill out time: Fireman Sam, obviously, Peter Rabbit, The Gruffalo. The list could go on. The scariness levels in all of these are really pretty mild, but it's enough for a three-year-old. And so, mid-episode, we sometimes hear a little voice from the lounge. Daddy, would you like to come and watch TV with me? No, it's okay, thanks. Daddy, Daddy, I'd like you to come and watch this episode. No, no, it's okay, Samuel, I'll just finish my coffee. Daddy, I need you right now. Come and sit next to me to watch this episode. You know, when Samuel's feeling shaken, He raises his voice, just like those disciples did, and he calls to us. And of course, our immediate response is to go to him. Me and Lizzie drop whatever we're doing, and we go and enjoy that episode of the Gruffalo again. (laughs) And of course, the reason Samuel calls out to us is because of the relationship we have, and from that trust that we will come. And a little bit like that, I think the disciples, they turn instinctively to prayer, because of their relationship with God, the faith that he will do something. They might have drawn inspiration from the Psalms in the Old Testament, the part of the Bible written centuries before Jesus came. Because in those Psalms, we find people crying out to God with this same dynamic of of relationship and trust. Like Psalm 16, verse 8, which says, I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Or Psalm 21, verse 7. The king trusts in the Lord. Through the unfailing love of the Most High, he will not be shaken. Or Psalm 62. Truly my soul finds rest in God. My salvation comes from him. Truly he is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will never be shaken. But more than that, in the three years they'd followed and known Jesus, the disciples had been taught by him to relate to God as their good and loving father. After all, it was Jesus who had instructed them not long before. When you pray, he said, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Jesus' invitation f- for them was to relate to God intimately as their Abba, their dad in heaven. And so I think their default response to pray in this time of shaken, shaking, it flows out of that place of relationship. Whatever you know, might be going on in our own lives right now or in the world around us, I think Jesus gives, gives us that same invitation, that amazing privilege, that free access to know God as our Father. Maybe you're here on a journey, you know, exploring faith and wondering what you think about this whole idea of, of connecting with God. And if that's you, we're so glad, firstly, that you're here. Because many of us who've decided to follow Jesus, we have our own story, that ongoing discovery, that God really is that good, good Father especially in the tough times. And so let's use that foundation to move us to pray first before anything else when facing our own times of shaking too. But prayer, as well as this um, expression of relationship, it's also a way of encountering God and his presence. It's like when me and Lizzie go through to Samuel, it's our presence that makes the difference to him. He finds comfort in our presence, strength in our presence, and new resilience to take that walk through the deep, dark woods of the Gruffalo and the dramas there. And so often, it's when I've made that space to pray that I've experienced God's presence with me. You know, that time in Birmingham, after I'd made my initial plan for a quick escape, I did begin to quietly pray. And within a couple of minutes, I had that sense of God's presence with me, and it made all the difference. And soon enough, I was enjoying my own conversation with a man I just met, having a a great conversation about Jesus with him. Now, this kind of encountering God's presence is one of the reasons we love to make space at the end of all of our services to pray, come Holy Spirit. I bet a number of you went to the carol services a few weeks ago. The decorations are still up, aren't they? It was totally epic, wasn't it? And that wonderful theme around Jesus, the Prince of Peace... I got chatting to two guests just over there um, afterwards, and they'd been totally blown away by it. One of them really had little connection to faith and church. And as we chatted and talked about some of the reasons behind that, even though we'd only just met, I felt that little nudge just to offer to pray. And they were really open for that, so we prayed together. And they just felt a deep sense of peace that moved them to tears. And it was just Jesus, the Prince of Peace, meeting them with his spirit. And it was just such a beautiful moment. So firstly, in times of shaking, we need to pray. But secondly, in times of shaking, I think we need to pray together. I don't know about you, but when I think about the subject of prayer, my mind often thinks of just someone praying on their own. And we often talk about that, and it's so, so important. But another type of prayer we see in this passage is when the disciples raise their voices together in prayer to God. In this time of shaking, the disciples pray together as an expression of solidarity and unity. They're praying together in the light of who they are as family, as one body united by faith in Jesus. And as the guys mentioned earlier in the announcements, as a church today, we're embarking on this season, these 21 days of prayer and fasting in January. And I think there's a fresh invitation for us at the start of 2023 to press into prayer again, not only as individuals, but together. So we'd love for you to come in a couple of weeks to that extended time of prayer in the evening service. But beyond that, I wonder what it could look like for you. Maybe you could gather together two or three friends from your small group and begin praying together. Maybe you could start a prayer meeting on your campus or during lunch break in your workplace. For me, though, the place I've experienced prayer together the most has been at men's prayer meetings every Tuesday morning. It starts at 7 a.m., so naturally, we begin with a desperate rush for a coffee machine. Then we worship, though, and there really isn't, isn't anything quite like 7am, men worshipping together. It might sometimes sound a little croaky and occasionally drift slightly out of tune. No offence, guys, but I'm sure it is a pleasing sound to the Lord. And after worshipping, we celebrate stories of what God has done before just mentioning things to pray for. And then we stand up in little groups and we raise our voices together just to pray. It might not be particularly glamorous or glitzy, but I love it because over the course of the year, I find it truly is good for my soul and one of the most valuable things that I do. So if you're a guy here or listening to this online, come and join us. We're starting a week on Tuesday. And there's women's prayer too, which is equally good, so I'm told. And if you'd struggle to get here, you know, before work, when I rock up in your pyjamas, there's an online prayer version too. Just check out the prayer section of the website for all the details. So let's be praying together. Thirdly, in times of shaking, I think we need to remember what God is like and what he has done. If we look at how those disciples prayed in that passage, it's funny to see really just how much of their prayer seems to be telling things to God about himself. Do you see in verse 24, they state that God is the creator, the one who made the heavens and the earth. In verse 25, they recall that God is a God who's spoken through the Holy Spirit. Verse 26, they describe how God has been rejected by people. And in verse 27 and 28, they reflect on God's big plan to send Jesus and save the world. What's going on here? Why does the majority of this prayer appear to be just telling God what he's like? and what he's done, surely it's not for God's benefit. No, I think it's an example of how important it is for us to pray in a way that lifts our eyes off ourselves. How vital it is for us to recall and remember, to rehearse and reacquaint ourselves with who God is, what he's like, his character and his ways. For me, I know this is especially important in the times of crisis. Because those are the times I find myself most likely to doubt. Those are the times when questions can come and swirl around, "Does God really love me? Is God really good? Is God there at all?" And so it's precisely in those moments we need to hold on to who God is by looking back at what He's done. And I know for me, the best place to have done to, to do that really is by looking at the cross, looking to the cross, because it's at the cross that I see God's love most vividly shown. It's at the cross that his grace sounds out the loudest. It's at the cross that we find a hope that endures. It's at the cross that we see Jesus, outstretched arms, welcoming us again and again, no matter what we've done or who we've become. Looking back, I think it's these kind of truths about what God is like and what he's done. They become the anchor for our souls in troubled times. They become the solid rock where we can stand when it feels like we're in shifting sands. But how can we do this, though? Well, on a practical level, one thing that helps is to to make use of the Bible as we pray. And if we look at the passage, that's exactly what we see the disciples doing. You might notice that in verse 25 and 26, there's little footnotes because they're referencing parts of the Old Testament, the bits of the Bible the disciples would have had at that time. And so we see the disciples actually praying parts of the Bible because it's helping them remember who God is, His ways, what He's like, what He's done. And I wonder what that could look like for you. For me, I've started the Bible in one year again this year, and currently I'm up to date, almost. (laughs) Confession time. But seriously, on most mornings for the last few years, I just sit down in the same location in our kitchen with a coffee, and this, this book, which is a, a Bible in one year, divided up into 365 readings. And in those 20 minutes or so, I kind of find myself drifting in between reading and praying and occasionally napping and then back to reading and praying. And sometimes I don't know where my reading ends and my praying begins. And I've come to realize I think that's okay. Actually, it's more than okay. I think it's exactly what the disciples are doing in this passage. They're encountering God in His Word, what He's like, what He's done, and they're using that in their prayers. It's bringing them faith and sort of the knowledge of who God is. So I'd encourage you to consider at the start of this new year a way of bringing the Bible into your praying too. Why not make a New Year's resolution to start some kind of Bible through the year plan? It's not too late to start. You know, reading this book will help us remember what God is like and what he's done, especially in times of shaking. Finally, in times of shaking, I think we need to pray boldly. I find it amazing to see what the disciples actually ask for in this passage, because instead of prayers for protection or self-preservation, we find them praying prayers of outrageous boldness, audacity. Their own safety and security, it really doesn't feature high on the agenda. And rather than being defeated by the situation, in verse 29, we see them asking God to enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Despite the risks, they remain remain completely focused on spreading the good news about Jesus. And I don't know about you, but I find this part of this prayer extremely challenging. Firstly, it's really a prayer of confrontation. And by nature, I'm not a very confrontational person. Secondly, it's a prayer that's really on the front foot, taking ground for God's kingdom, when it can be all too easy to settle into a more comfortable situation. And it's a prayer that's radically outward-looking. And the challenge for us, I think, at the start of this year is to be praying these same kind of audacious prayers, especially in the light of the times of shaking we're in. At a conference we went to as a team last year, I heard church planter and author Ed Stetzer say, in these times of turbulence, the moment we're in doesn't pause the mission we're on. The moment we're in doesn't pause the mission that we're on. And I love that. But how are we to do it? Well, the answer comes immediately for the disciples in verse 31, which says, after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. So it seems that one of the great antidotes to being shaken by things around us is to be shaken by, the, by a greater power, the power of the Holy Spirit. And this was not a one-off experience or like a fuzzy feeling. The power of the Holy Spirit transformed those disciples and propelled them out on God's mission. The mission Jesus had given them of making disciples wherever they went. And if you read on in the book of Acts, you'll see them go on to turn the world upside down, really. And we see this same pattern through church history with people like Brother Andrew, who died last year age 94. Brother Andrew, he was the guy that founded Open Doors, the charity that supports persecuted Christians around the world. And he lived a life of amazing radical boldness through the power of the Holy Spirit. His famous book, God Smuggler, tells a story of how he smuggled millions of Bibles into countries where they were completely banned and where Christians were facing persecution. And Brother Andrew's journey famously begins with an experience he has sitting on a bench in Poland where he prays boldly for God to move. And as he prays, a huge communist youth rally march passes by the bench where he's sitting. And really it represents a world that's completely rejected God and atheism. But the Holy Spirit responds in that moment to Brother Andrew and to his prayer. And he speaks to him from a verse in Revelation saying, Wake up, strengthen what remains and is about to die. And the shockwaves of that audacious prayer and that moment are still being felt strongly 70 years later because that became Brother Andrew's life calling and the launch point for Open Doors who now have bases and staff all over the world, strengthening and supporting Christians facing persecution. The moment we're in shouldn't pause the mission that we're on. So let's pray bold, outward-looking prayers, like those disciples and Brother Andrew did. Let's be expectant for the Holy Spirit to come and shake this place where we meet every week, just like he did for them. Because we need the Holy Spirit, don't we? to inspire us with fresh courage to tell others about Jesus. We need the Holy Spirit to shake off our fear and instincts for self-preservation. We need the Holy Spirit to give us the power to heal the sick and to do the miracles that point to Jesus. We need the Holy Spirit to impart fresh wisdom and vision for how to serve those in our city who are struggling the most. So come, Holy Spirit, and shake us, we pray. Give us the boldness we need for this year. Fill us with your power to go and to go again. I wonder what could that look like for you? Well, firstly, you know, if you're in that place of wanting that extra courage and boldness tonight, you know, we'd love to pray for you for that. And in a moment, we'll have a time of ministry where we would love to pray for anyone who'd like to respond. But perhaps you also have a sense of clarity already about something that God is calling you to step into. Maybe it's planting a new small group Maybe it's launching an alpha course at work, and I know a number of people have done that in this last year. Maybe it's joining one of the teams at Trent Compassion in loving and serving our city. Perhaps it could be going with our ministry on the streets team into the city centre on Saturday mornings. And over the last 12 months, they've shared their faith with over 500 people in Market Square, and they've seen 29 of those people respond, opening their hearts to Jesus right there with them. They'd love to hear from you if you'd like to give it a try and go out with them. Maybe you're here, though, listening, and you don't know what you believe about God. And if that's you, I think the invitation is for you to come and to know the God of peace, the God that can be relied on in the good times as well as the times of shaking. So as we launch into 2023, let's be a church who respond like those disciples did. Let's turn to prayer first. Let's find places to pray together as well as on our own. Let's pray remembering what God is like and what he has done. And let's pray bold prayers, expectant for the Holy Spirit to shake us with his power too.